The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Yay, what's up? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a very fun show for you guys today. So before we start saying hi to everybody, let's make the rounds. Starting off with saying hello to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hello. I'm not in the mood. Why not? Uh, I went to Home Depot. No, no, you're, you're just supposed to say hi first. Oh, hi, everybody. We have to like, like, say hi. There's a million people oh, to say hi to before you start talking. They know who I am. They're like my friends. You would think I walk around Palm Springs saying hi to everybody I know? That's they, different. My, what's every, my audience is my, they're my friends. I don't have preliminary formal shit like you do. Okay, well, I don't we have do to that, say hi to everybody before no, you start going No, I'm not saying hi to everybody. Well, I am. Everybody that watches our show is my friend, and I don't have to say hi. I could say, how are you? That's okay. You can say hi. Anyway, so we'll come back to you then because next we want to Nobody go. comes back to me, darling. I'm a, the, the one and only. We want to say hello to our fabulous Danielle at the W4CY She's studios. not so fabulous. She's an old maid. <laughs> yeah, right. Hello, hello, and yes, I am oh an Oh, my old God, maid. you sound good there. Thank you. She I've been need- working on it. There yeah, you well, go. You, you need a man, honey, a big man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I do and like got- him bigger, so I do need a bigger it- man. We've got Scotty J in Pennsylvania. What's up, Scotty J? I'm a big man. And I got to tell you, I think Ron goes all over the place saying, do you know who I am? (laughs) No, I don't have to do that. I just have it printed on the back of my shirt. (laughs) It says, I am Ron Russell, you fucking asshole. I love it. (laughs) And that's why I have so many. I have so many fans. But No, I could stop for autographs. I'm very embarrassed by it because I don't think I should sign an autograph. That's like a major star like Cary Grant or Barbara Streisand. But little old me signing an autograph, I think is silly. But people want it and I do it. Yeah. I I, I sign Marilyn Monroe sometimes or Jane Russell. I love it. No, seriously, I, I get recognized in stores and stuff. I was on the food line one day at Albertson's. And a woman turned around and she said, oh, my God, she said, I have to go home. I have to watch your show. I said, lady, it's Wednesday. Today is Thursday. It was yesterday. There you go. So hold on. Anyway, they were. We have a chat room full of people, so we got to say hi to lots of people in the chat room. We want to give a shout out. Eileen Shapiro is in the chat room. What's up, Eileen? Looks like um, Dave Hughes from Stars Now UK is in the chat room. B. Claudia from Germany is in the chat room. Um, anyway, getting back to Eileen Shapiro, watch the Garrick Lee show. He does Loretta Christensen, Sin, 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 and interviewed by Eileen Shapiro. 
It is hilarious show that Loretta Christensen cracks me up. I just can't stand to watch it because I miss half the words because I'm laughing. When he rolls those eyes, he's in drag, by the way, Garrick Lee. When he rolls those eyes and does that, fa those faces, well, he made a new face on the show where he puckered his mouth out. I was screaming from it. It's a hilarious show. You have to watch it. Eileen was very modest. No bosoms, no breasts, no nipples. It was okay. I was disappointed. I figured that she would put those cannons on top of the table because it was a, a high cocktail table. But she didn't do that either. She sort of squashed them underneath the table. And I thought to myself, if she breathes too heavily, she's going to knock the table over. But that's the problem we have when we are very endowed men as well as women. <laughs> so we want to check it out. You guys can go to uh, YouTube, type in Garrick Lee Style TV, and then uh, the interview will come up. It's in three parts. It's very, very funny. Very funny. I swear to you, I'm not lying. I blow smoke up no one's ass, and I don't bullshit anybody. And Eileen go. says she's saving them for you. Oh, her boobs. I know. She's coming out in October again. I can't wait. Also, we got to say some other shout-outs. We want to say what's up to Twism. Twism White Piece is in the chat room. And uh, and I want to wish a very special birthday, which I don't even know what his wife's name is because I just became Facebook friends with her today. His wife, his name is Adultra. No, it's not. Meanwhile, Twism's wait, on. Wait, say hi wait. to his happy birthday to his wife. It's her wife's birthday. Just a minute. shit about his wife's birthday. I didn't even fucking know her. That's okay. So why am I going to wish her happy birthday? She's married to him. Her life is ruined already. <laughs> I mean, what, what can Come I... Come be nice. I can't be nice. I'm in a bad mood. Now, you said you were in a great mood before we came out here. I lied. <laughs> anyway, Twism, we love you. So I love you, Twizella. Uh, her name's Misty. Um, Misty. So we want to wish Misty a happy birthday. And uh, glad to see everybody in the chat room. We got a really fun show for you guys tonight. Uh, we got today, tonight. I guess it's tonight someplace. And uh, Mickey Burns is coming on. He hosts Profiles with Mickey Burns in New York, a big talk show host. So we're going to have one of our own on the show, which we don't do very often. And then we've got D Jason Prince coming on. Everybody loves him uh, from the UK. El Dementa. I love her. I love El Dementa. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and go ahead. You want to tell Happy a story? Happy birthday to uh, Twizzy Big Piece. Uh, your wife. There you go. You want to... Um... I want to tell you why I'm in a miserable mood. Okay. It's 118 degrees at 11.30 in Palm Springs. Today they estimate maybe 120. This is the hardest part of living here is August. Another month or so, the weather is breathtakingly magnificent throughout the entire year. So I went to Home Depot to get stones because we're doing a barbecue, a fire pit, all that shit out in the garden, in the patio. And it's hot, and I'm exhausted. And then I had to go to Lowe's to get the cement, and then I had to get... I was back and forth in the heat, in and out of the car. Disgusting. Now, I'm getting back in my car from Lowe's, and a woman walks up to me, and she said, Sir, I lost my wallet. Could you give me money? I wasn't in the mood. You know, she was obviously a street person, schizophrenic. And I just said to her, Listen, honey, go to the police station and tell them you have no money. They'll give you money. And she started screaming at me. I went to the police station already, you stupid fuck. And they didn't give me any money. And she'd gone on and on and on and on and on and on. I said, relax, go get meds. She said, meds? Oh! And then she started calling me every curse word that you wouldn't think of. I mean, you think I've got a dirty mouth. Mine is like a saint. Anyway, she carried on, followed me to my car. Now she whips out her, her cell phone. Imagine these nut jobs have cell phones. And she's... <laughs> photographing me getting into my car. I know you. I know who you are. Now everybody's going to know who you are. I'm reporting you to the police. I, you're crazy son of a bitch. Anyway, 
Palm Springs and California, I'm sure, is filled with homeless people. My heart goes out to homeless people. I'm not cruel. I feel sorry for them. But, you know, they don't want help. And I think the government needs to arrest them like they did years ago and bring them into institutions and give them their medication and then educate them and put them back out in the workforce of the world. We people who pay taxes do not need to be harassed or threatened, sometimes fearfully, because some of them are not all there. They can stab you, shoot you, or kill you. It's become quite an ordeal here in Palm Springs, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of no matter where I go, somebody's begging, following me. Uh, if I go into the supermarket, uh, Ralph's or Albertson's, they're outside camping. They're dirty. They have big bugs. They have crabs. They have every kind of dirty thing going. They, 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 these are human beings. These are people. These were somebody's children once. They were beautiful babies, and now they became these pathetic I don't know what to call them, mentally ill people who desperately need our help. I think that everybody should go to their government, their mayor, their whoever, even that Donald Trump person, we should send him thousands of letters. He needs to see all the homeless people. Well, I'd like to get that son of a bitch and bring him to Palm Springs for a week, and I don't mean at the country club either. When we were in L.A., remember when we were with Eileen in L.A.? Eileen is, Eileen is, Eileen, I was going to say Eileen is in shambles. No, LA, <laughs> LA, LA is in shambles. Every bridge you go under is tents. They have miles and miles. California allows homeless people to pitch tents wherever they want. So they pitch them all over LA, Los Angeles. It is getting out of hand. It's up to us now to complain and say, listen, we pay taxes to keep our city clean. We don't want them to urinate on the sidewalk or defecate on the sidewalk. In Something has to be done to help them. In 118 degrees of heat. It's quite stinky and germy. We, as American people, have to stop worrying about Donald Trump and how awful he is and to start uniting as a people and say, listen, do as we say. We elected you, not I, but some, elected you... <laughs> And now you've got to do what you're supposed to do. Cut the shit. Cut the shit with the wall. That's a nonsense thing. Go after the homeless. That's a real big issue in the United States of America. Foreigners come here from all different countries, and they see America, the land of gold. Yeah, my ass is gold. There's nothing gold here. We have a bunch of people coming from all different countries who can't get work, and they live in the street. Or they're crazy. They're schizophrenic. I know about schizophrenia. My last boyfriend I was with for five years, Stephen Collins, is a schizophrenic. So I've dealt with it. It's a serious illness. And if they don't take their meds, they could become very violent, of which I found out. And that's why Stephen Collins is no longer in my life. Thank God for that, because Jimmy is. But anyway, address this issue, folks. We need to take care of these people and get something going. Exactly. I think it's just pathetic that these people are laying on... Paper, newspapers or magazines under a tree in 118 degrees of heat. That is pretty okay. sad. And Donald Trump should know about the homeless issue. Mayor Lago, I mean, I'm sure you two know you guys lived in Florida. I'm not sure where in Florida, but here. Uh, I, I've been to Mar a Lago. Yeah, I've been so a guest there. You I was know, a guest there. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, downtown well, West Palm is 
filled with homeless people. Like you go oh, down. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah. We went to Mar-a-Lago. Before Mar-a-Lago was Mar-a-Lago, it was the Post Cereals Mansion for the the people who own Post Cereals. No, I was I went to Mar-a-Lago. I was there as Post Cereals, but not Mar-a-Lago. No, I went to Mar-a-Lago and I met Donald Trump, and I must tell you, he was the most. A gentleman you could ever find. He was gracious. He was very, very, very lovely as a person. He I said, "What's a long time ago?" Let everybody know that that's before. Yeah, this, this is when that was when, before he was a totally this is egomaniac. When, no, here's what happened. No, Donald Trump bought Mar-a-Lago and he turned it into a country club. My friend Perry was looking for a new husband. She had four. She was looking for five, a rich one. So she said, let's go to Mar-a-Lago and see what the dues are and how to join the country club. I could find me a nice old man with a lot of money. So we drive into Mar-a-Lago and we go into the beautiful building and we're in the study now walking around, looking at things, talking to people. And who comes over to us but Donald Trump introduces himself. Anyway, he was very gracious, charming, and terrific. It was $50,000 then to join the country club. Perry looked at all the old men. They were asleep in chairs and half dead. And she said, this is not for me. And then she turned around and she said, now, if Donald Trump were to make a pass at me, she said, I definitely would. Because he had the most beautiful mouth, she said. His mouth looked like an angel's kiss. So now you could throw that out on YouTube, or no, on Twitter. <laughs> Trump has an angel kiss mouth. But anyway, All right, I, so, I don't dislike Donald Trump. He's our president. I mean, I think he's a little bit different from most presidents, but most presidents were weird. They just hit it better. Donald Trump seems to be one that doesn't give a shit what he says or does, and he makes a fool of himself, and that part of him I don't like. He should play so anyway, more like JFK and under wraps. <laughs> no, do, do, no, you know what it is? Trump is a New Yorker and a hard New Yorker like I am. New Yorkers don't give a shit. They say what they want. They do what they want. They're crazy people. <laughs> New York people, I don't know what's with New York. I mean, me, I'm not all there. I mean, I do what I want. <laughs> no, but it's serious. Yeah, don't I mean, say. I, I, I do what I want. I'm not one of these inhibited, like, a lot of Californians, native Californians. They're such mice. You know, you yell at them, and they go in a corner, and they shrink. You yell at a New Yorker, they come at you full force and knock you on your ass. And that's what Trump is all about. He's a tough guy. He's had to be tough dealing with the people he's dealt with. I don't think his politics are all correct at all. But what are we going to do? It's only a little bit longer, and then he'll be gone. And then we'll see what other jerk comes in. So anyway, we want to say hi to some people real quick, and then we got to call our guest. Uh, we want to say hey to Teresa from Sabine Marketing and Promotions is in the chat room. What's up, Teresa? How you doing? And Hub Reynolds just joined us. Um, Hub Reynolds, hell, I'm just me. What's up? How you doing? Say oh, hi. You're putting those sexy pictures on Facebook. The girls are going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a couple of them where he's standing like near a corral fence, like looking real cowboyish. Boy, I thought to myself, that's a sexy picture. There you go. So everybody in the chat room, thanks for tuning in. What we're going to do now um, is... Oh, wait, one more thing. What? I, I, they cut all my hair off. I cut all my hair They off. love it. Everybody in the chat room likes Isn't it. Isn't that horrible? I look like a Nazi. But oh, anyway. God. Mine's only half finished. <laughs> yeah, because my arm was hurting when I was cutting his hair. I used to be a hairdresser. In fact, we're having... Uh, 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 what's his name coming on? The one I used to work with, the Great North. Oh, Monty Rock, eventually. Uh, Monty Rock might be coming on our show and for those of you who know Monty Rock... They love your hair, they say. Yeah, they love it, I know. Anyway, Monty Rock was a, a, a crazy guy years ago. It's coming over. For those of you who know Monty Rock is, that show is going to be fabulous. 
but the best show I will have in my life interview when I interview this gentleman who's coming on our show who worked in Area 50. I cannot wait to ask him. Coming it, on October 16th. I cannot wait to ask him, did you really find four alien bodies? No, I think there's nine. No, spaceships. I think no, there's no, nine no, no. spaceships. I know it like a book. Please don't talk to me about this. You're, <laughs> you're wrong. Four, four bodies were found in the craft. And they have nine spaceships. That's a different time. This is Roswell, 1947. Uh I remember reading it on the Daily News front page, and I remember they showed pictures of the aliens, and then the next day it was all changed. They said it was a weather balloon. Anyway, and I was I was nine years, uh, seven years old. At we got to go though. We got to go. All right, everybody. So we're gonna call our first guest. Um, do you guys have the uh, profiles with Mickey Burns Sizzle Reel? Yes, I do. So on Enjoy, um, we'll play it and then we'll get him on the line. Everybody, our next guest is Mickey Burns. He's the host of Profiles with Mickey Burns. It's a, a New York show where he interviews a lot of cool celebrities like we do. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Enjoy. How important do you feel bounty hunting is to the success of the criminal justice system? Well, uh, if you had more cops, you wouldn't need bounty hunters. That's true. The reason you need bounty hunters is the cops are busy getting my kids home safe. Right. They're you know during the day they're busy with my wife's at the shopping center. They're busy. The bank just got robbed. They got to go. They can't look for John Doe. Right. You know. So if there were more cops, there wouldn't need to be bounty hunters. In 2000, at the end of the Sister Sister Run, Mm -hmm. both of you received NAACP awards. Yes. And I was just wondering, you know, what did that mean to you then and what does it mean to you today? Oh, nobody has ever asked that question. That's a pretty important uh, point in your life. Has there ever been a downside to fame for you personally? Oh, there's been plenty of them because show business, I explain this to young kids all the time, show business is a bunch of peaks and valleys, man. Yeah. You know, so now you have to be strong enough to withstand your valleys. Mm. You have to be strong enough to understand that all the doors are not always going to be open for you. It's not all all good. Yeah. Now, your role as Cassandra uh, in Wayne's World uh, really catapulted your career, no question. Absolutely. And and when I went back and looked at at your resume, I said, that was kind of the perfect role for you with your talents. It was amazing. I mean, uh, it was written an Asian woman that, that she spoke with the accent and she I had the Chinese accent, oh, yeah, but she yeah. but she rocked like nobody could rock. And you know I've seen a lot of these cover bands in yep. Asia and the Philippines even you know where they couldn't even speak English very good, but when they rock they rock like Pat Benatar. And yeah, that's yeah, what I called yeah, on yeah, yeah, when I read yeah. the script. I said there's nobody that can play this role, nobody. And I just went in that with that mindset. Could. Yeah. yeah. I put together this book in the same spirit as Wiki, as the WikiLeaks disclosures to reveal the truth. Uh, that's not going to make you popular in what circles? Government. Because if you look in that book, you'll also learn that in one year alone, the government classifies 16 million documents right. top secret. Yes. I would think that's about all the documents they have. You know, maybe they have more. That's a lot of paper. You bet. Before I mention it, I I could be calling you uh, Dr. Viala. You could. I could, right? Because (laughs) you have earned a PhD Mm -hmm. in, let me get, make sure I get all the stuff right, in neuroscience Mm -hmm. from UCLA, and you did your thesis. This, I'm not sure if I'll get this one right. In psychoneuroendrochronology. Yep. 
Uh, so can you explain to us quickly what, what, it, what yeah, it is? Yeah, um, I study obs obsessive compulsive disorder um, oh, okay. in a population of individuals with um, a compromised endocrine system. Oh. So that's all those words. Over the years, I've often felt uh, that you've been much underrated as a songwriter. Would you agree with that? I have. Really? Yeah, I mean, you, don't, you just don't get the respect with all no, those I great don't. I'm, tunes. I'm the, Rodney, I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of music. <laughs> no, I am. I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I wrote some great songs, and sure again, did. the critics and everybody's tried to, like, tear them apart. My, you know, my songs were no more simplistic than anything that Lennon McCartney wrote. It much has been written that you've had your eyes done, yeah. nose done, yeah. facelift, liposuction, mm -hmm. breast reduction. Uh, Botox, of course, tummy tuck. I had, a, I had a hysterectomy, and I was the only woman in the hospital. If they had to close me up, I said, I want a plastic surgeon to close me up. Yeah. And might as well give me a tummy tuck at the same time. Wow. And now a lot of women are doing that. Mina, open your eyes. Like freaking peeking opera, you know, like... <laughs> Open your eyes. Yes. And you'll never forget that, will you? Never. <laughs> you'll never have Don't your you eyes closed. Don't you just love moms for that? They're always... Because they're wanting so much to help you. And you're always right, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yes, are my, are my eyes open? Your eyes are open. Okay. Okay. All right, everybody, we're back. We are live. All right, Mickey, say something real quick. Let's just make sure everybody can hear you, and then I'll make a nice formal introduction. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure being on your show. I've been watching it, and you guys do a great job. I love the chemistry and uh, fantastic uh, job for a long time. I mean, I enjoy it. Good. All right. So now we're just two crazies. <laughs> we're gonna do an, a formal anyway, introduction. Wait, wait. We gotta do a formal introduction because I need it for Comcast. I hate when you do this. I have to have it for Comcast. What do you want? Comcast uh, is gonna take right, the show right, like this right, with right, no intro. Shut your ass and do it. <laughs> all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the illustrious television host of Profiles with Mickey Burns. Mickey Burns, hello and welcome to the show. Jimmy, Ron, how you doing? Absolutely I don't know if fantastic. I'm allowed to speak yet. Am I allowed to sure, speak? Sure. Well, sir? I was going to introduce you, but since he knows your name, it's okay. Yeah, of course. Meanwhile, <laughs> I, I, listen, I know Mickey. I've heard of Mickey Burns. You know how many years ago? When I, ha I had a TV show here called Set the Record Straight, yeah. and I interviewed the legends of Hollywood, Jane Russell, Lauren Bacall, Tab Hunter, uh, yeah. Cliff Roberts, and this, the list goes on and on, as you've done so many fabulous celebrities also. Yeah. And I knew that you were my competitor. On oh. the East Coast, but I had the West Coast and you had the West, the East Coast. You've been on for like twenty something years. Twenty or some years, shit. I think. How many years yeah. you on? Yeah, we we uh, yeah we. It's a labor of love. We love what they do, and they uh, still let us do the show on the network, so we keep doing it. There you I go. mean, you've been a hit for twenty years. That's a hell of a show. Let me tell you, we're yeah. we're like in our, into our, our what? Yeah. We're into our, my other show. So I've been interviewing for about fifty. Years now, on, what are we ready for? Tell huh? me, direct me. Give huh? me a fucking script. We're gonna direct you. Yeah. So first, Mickey, we gotta say hi to some people. We wanna start off with our, our our lady. You can't see any of these people. You're only gonna hear them. But we've got our engineer. She's in Wellington, Florida, at the W4CY Studios. Her name is Danielle. Danielle, say hi to Mickey. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I love the voice. Hello, Danielle. Yeah, she, she's out to bang you. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got we've got our uh, video engineer, and he is actually in Philadelphia. So say hi. We got Scotty J. Scotty, important. Yo, Mickey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yep, yeah, important role. Keep it up. 
Yes. And, on, and, and on Thursdays, he might bang you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a chat room right now. We have uh, England, Germany, the U.K., Australia, Canada, the United States. I don't know, a bunch of places represented. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Pleasure to meet you. Like you, a hundred. We have a hundred. We we, we have a hundred. We have a hundred seventy-eight countries that watch us and five million people. What's your score? Well, we certainly don't have that kind of demographic. uh, But what we have is uh, the number one market and twenty million potential viewers in that market. There you you go. You beat us by fifteen million people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You should. I mean, a lot of people living in the tri-state area. Oh, you should only lose your voice for a week. Oh, forget it. You're in trouble. So also, Eileen Shapiro is in the chat room, so we want you to give a special say hello to Eileen because she's saying, yay, Mickey, hey, Mickey. Let me say this about Eileen. You know, she's uh, the premier celebrity publicist in the business, and and she's been doing it like for 30 years. I love Eileen. Uh, What a job she does. Yes. She does a great job. She massages my back with her boobs. <laughs> she does. And does she have a pair of boobs or what? Is that one got cut? She's got a pair of set of knockers that could kill anybody. And, <laughs> and just so and she, just so you know, Eileen is a great publicist and her company is called World Star PR, of which I'm the other half of it. Right. <laughs> and I, and Eileen okay. is like my Eileen's like my sister. She's uh probably, I guess, one of my Closest, dearest friends. Joan Rivers. Let's talk about Joan Rivers. Years, years ago in Manhattan Center, I did a show with Joan Rivers. And I was so excited when I heard Joan Rivers was doing the show. Now we're in the green room and I meet Joan Rivers. And I met the most boring, introverted woman I have ever met in my life. She was just studying her lines and and mumbling and talking. Every now and then she'd look up and acknowledge people. The moment she got on stage, my God, that personality bloomed. And there she was, Joan Rivers. How did you find her off camera? Well, first off, I I think a lot of people weren't aware of her intellect. She was extraordinarily intelligent. Uh, Graduated college first in her class. I think she graduated (laughs) with a degree in anthropology. I mean, she was out there intellectually. But I found her to be uh, honest, candid, warm. Friendly, I uh, can't say enough good things about her. Uh, I loved. I had her on the show twice, and both times they, they were great interviews, and she was very giving. She so, was a typical New York Jew, perfect woman, funny as all hell. And when I told her I was Jewish, she said, "Why well, you're Jewish?" And yeah. I said, "Well, half only half Jewish." She <laughs> said, "How do you be half Jewish?" I said, "Well." You know, what do you mean, how do you be half Jewish? She said, well, how are you half Jewish? I said, my mother was a Catholic. My father was of Jewish descent. She said, you're not Jewish. You're Catholic. (laughs) I said, said, you're going to argue with me? She said, no. And that was the end of that conversation. Because she believed that you are what your mother is, not your father. Sure. And, and, you know, in the 500 or so episodes that I've done with profiles, I ask the same question to every guest at the end. And that is, what do you hope your legacy will be? And Joan said, I slept with them all. <laughs> that was Joan. So hold on. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some bragging for you real quick. First of uh-oh. all, you guys. So Mickey's done a ton of interviews, you guys. And, and I knew who everybody was. But I wrote down the ones who I really like, like I really like, like a lot. So here's some, some of the fabulous people he's had. 
the pleasure and opportunity of interviewing Joan Rivers, like we just spoke about, Rich Little, Meatloaf, Stacey Keats, Joan Collins, which that would be a fun one. Joan Collins, she has to be the bitch of the century. Well, Was she? Joan Collins uh, looks great. I mean, she's her, her beauty and, and her uh, personality has remained intact. Uh, she's kind of ageless. And I believe the day of the interview, she was there with her, uh, I think her boyfriend, who was like 40 years younger. So she's also... That, that's her boyfriend. She's also a cougar. Yes, but, how cool is that? She's a cougar. You're not the one on. she walked off your show. Are you the guy that interviewed no, no, her? No, we, had a, we did fine. We had no problems with her. Somebody interviewed her, I believe maybe in England, and they asked her a few questions she just wouldn't tolerate. And she said, you know what, I don't have to sit here and take this shit. Yeah. And she got up and walked off the set. Wait, I haven't finished uh, the bragging yet, though. No, but we're going to do it. We're going to stop uh, as you go along. No, I want to go through the, the list and then we'll go back. All right, so Joan Collins, Rutger Hauer, rest in peace. Tim Conway, yeah. Dick Cavett, Bruce Campbell, Mick Fleetwood. That's a huge one for me. Ben yeah. Gazzara, Jack Jones, Lorenzo Lamas. Larry's a friend. Mario Lopez, Melissa Manchester, Christopher Plummer, Smokey Robinson, John Cicada, Robert Wagner, Richard uh -huh. Belzer, John O'Hurley, which everybody thinks he looks like, and yeah, Ed Asner. And, and then we have a, I have a list, and I didn't go through everybody, but I went a list and made a list of the people that you interviewed that we also interviewed on, on our show. Really? Okay. Um, so, so here's our duplicate so list. So what do you think? We do chop liver here? <laughs> <laughs> We've got Samantha Fox, Robert Davi, who I'm actually making a movie with right now. He's a good cool. Uh, I love him. Taylor Dane, Air Supply, Stephen Bishop, Laura Bell Bundy, Lita Ford, George Lamont, Orleans, C.C. Peniston, B.J. Thomas, Frank Vincent, Martha Wash, Mary Wilson, and Crystal Waters were the ones I saw on the list. Wow. So we have a bunch of them that we've overlapped, and they were all fun. We've had a good time. We have a good time with everybody. Now, I'm asked a million times, and I'm sure you are also, Ron. Who was the favorite person you ever interviewed? Now, you know you could chop your head off if you use the, those names because you're always going to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. So I say, I say, well, probably Jane Russell because she was my best buddy, my dearest friend for years. Jane and I hung out together. We were like brother and sister. So, yes, I would have to say Jane Russell. <laughs> and that interview was about, in 1940, Jane, tell me what size bra were you? Okay. And she said, a 36B, that's all. I was no cow. So they made her out to have these huge knockers in Hollywood, but she was really very small-chested. Wow. And that's, that's how I get out of that question. Now I'm going to ask you that question. Yeah. Who is your favorite interviewer? It's a tough question, as you know. Oh, a lousy question. But I like you know, the guests that I can leave telling stories about, that have yes. something special that maybe didn't happen in the other 400 episodes. One, right. one comes to mind. Can you have a, a minute? I'll share this story. Yes, no, share we it. have a lot of minutes. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we, uh, we had Joe Montana, uh, the NFL four-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, the best, the best. So uh, he was in New Jersey uh, doing one of those conventions where they memorabilia conventions. Yes. So we were, they said, come to his hotel room, uh, suite, and you set up. And he'll get there at 5 o'clock on the dot. You can do your interview for a half hour. Then he's off doing what he has to do at the memorabilia convention. So we, we arrived like at 3 o'clock for a 5 o'clock interview, setting up the lights as, you know, TV it has, to, has to be done. And they put out a beautiful spread. And I said, man, television's great, isn't it? We get a spread. We get to talk to Joe Montana. 
And after we set up the lights, did the sound check, we had our basically our dinner with salads and sandwiches. <laughs> and then we're waiting for Joe at five o'clock. Joe shows up with his entourage of publicists and managers and all of that exactly five o'clock. And the first thing that happens is, hi, Joe, how you doing? We're going to do the interview over here. And his manager says, Mickey, can I see you a second? So he, he takes me in the corner. And the first thing he says to me is, who ate Joe's dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Mickey did. <laughs> and I said, oh, it was like, oh. a, like a little kid with my hand caught in the cookie jar. <laughs> <laughs> bad boy, bad boy. My so, best so, story. Wait, wait, let him finish. Oh, no, sorry. But now, now it doesn't end. So I said, well, I said, Joe, I'm so sorry that my my team ate your dinner and he said are you kidding me i wouldn't eat that shit anyway <laughs> probably true and i'm going to an italian restaurant after the after our interview right. so he said i'm glad you, you you enjoyed it my best story is cliff robertson was making autumn leaves with joan crawford oh. and i and i interviewed cliff robertson and i said cliff you're such a lily white pure little protestant can't you have <laughs> Don't you have like dirty stories or something you could tell me? He said, yeah, I've got a dirty story. Joan Crawford invited me to a house in Brentwood. I went up to the house and Joan Crawford interviewed me in her bedroom in only a white terry cloth robe laying on the bed with her legs in the air. And Joan was coming on to Cliff so hard, Cliff didn't know what to do. She wanted to bang Cliff Robertson. He was considerably younger than she. And, you know, she was a, she was a cougar and a, a lesbian cougar, straight cougar. She didn't care what they were. And Cliff said, luckily, my girlfriend gave me a wristwatch that had an automatic timer on it. And the wristwatch went off. And he said, excuse me, Miss Crawford, but I've got to go. My wristwatch just told me so. And he, and he left, you know, a virgin. Uh, that's that story and then my other one was with uh, yeah. with with um uh, Arlene Dahl yeah, I said yeah. to Arlene Dahl Lana Turner was married to Lex Barker Lex yeah. Barker was raping Lana Turner's daughter when she was 10 yeah. years old Cheryl Crane for over 2 years Lana found out about it pulled the gun and went after Cheryl went after Lex Barker yeah. Lex Barker divorces Lana marries Arlene Dahl Arlene Dahl bangs on the arm of the sofa and says Ron that's a lie Lex had a package so large, had he ever entered a 10-year-old, he would have killed her. Uh, <laughs> so that's what uh, they used as my commercial. So you see, California is a lot, a lot different, different. A lot than different. New York. Than New York. Hold on. Let's go back for a second. Okay, yeah. so. I can share so, another story I think that you might enjoy. When you're okay, ready. go. go. No, go ahead and share. And because, then I want to like, tell yeah, we're gonna share. We're going to share name-dropping stories because the audience loves this stuff. <laughs> Chuck Barrett. Chuck oh. Barrett. Another one of my favorite guests, Chuck, Chuck Barris. I, I met Chuck. Chuck Barris. No, oh, one, Barris. no one knows that he wrote Palisades Park, which became a big hit back in the 60s for Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. He said it was one of the biggest thrills of his life writing that song. But he was also uh, trying to get into uh, television industry at the same time. So he said, you know, I, was a, I didn't know anyone. I had no connections. Uh, can I, I can I interrupt you? Was sure. he the gong? Was he the gong show guy? He was. He yeah. Was okay. Now we know who we're talking about. The, the gong dating, show. The dating game and the newlywed game. Right. Right. He wrote right. not only uh, the concept was his, but he also wrote the music for those shows. Uh, but before he became a big uh, executive in Hollywood, he had to get his foot in the door. So he said a friend of his had told him. One way to do it is to become an NBC page. 
in New York. But he said, I don't know anyone. So he went to the library and he took he, he listed the seven people on the board of directors at NBC as, as his references. And on my show, he said, <laughs> he said, on my show, he said, they never checked. Oh, they my God. They would now. No, they wouldn't. They really wouldn't. And he got the job as a page. And then he went on to be uh, head of daytime television, I believe, at ABC. But I love he, that. Yeah. And, and then he died tragically, I understand. Oh, no, no. He, 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 became, uh, he became an author after he got out of the television business. And he wrote like seven novels that were highly successful. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was right. made into a film. No, I had heard that he had a very rough last few years uh, emotionally. Yeah, well, he, you know, he's married to a Southern Belle, and I yeah. thought he was pretty happy down down south. He lived in Bowling Green or one of those. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't so happy. So I actually, heard. I want to oh, segue. Okay. I want to yeah. segue though because you just talked about how he wrote books, and I, I know that, and I know that you have a book coming out. Tell us a little bit about I, your book. I do. Before I get into the book, I just wanted to finish the Chuck Barris story. Okay, go. Because you know he did the, you know, all the shows that he did. And when I asked him what he hoped his legacy would be, he said he wanted it written on his tombstone, gonged at last. <laughs> I like that show. It was stupid, but I enjoyed it. It was fun, the gong show. Actually, so I, the way you have away. that question. He passed Go away ahead. a couple of years ago. And, on, and I read in the Times, New York Times, that that is exactly what's on his tombstone. Oh, I love it. He got, he got his wish. The way that you ha ask what you want your legacy to be, when Ron had his re his show, it was called Set the Record Straight, yeah. and that's what he would tell everybody. He would say, what's been said about you that's incorrect, now you have a chance to correct it, so set the record straight. I said to Betty Davis, the very same, what, what has ever been said about you that's incorrect? And she looked, she said, everything. darling, everything. Yeah, <laughs> So you knew Betty as well as I did. <laughs> Betty Davis was also a friend of mine later on in years when she was right before she passed away. Yeah. And I found her to be the, the a dirty mouth, hard drinking scotch lady with a cigarette. Uh, I mean, she was one tough broad so far from the now voyager elegant person that she played in films. Jimmy, before you ask me about the book, which I do want to talk about for a second. Uh huh. I, I wanted to show you how to ask me favorite guests that I've had. Yes. And one that just came to mind, that was Eli Wallach. I had oh, Eli wonderful Wallach, actor. Wonderful. Ugly, yeah, he's wonderful. Wonderful I, actor. When he was like 95, 94, yeah. right before he did the last Wall Street movie. Right, right. So Brilliant, after, man. after the movie, he said, Mickey, take a walk with me. So we finished the interview, and I'm walking up Broadway with Eli Wallach. That's a good day. Yeah, That's, right. You betcha. And and he's carrying like a, uh, I'm going to call it a Pathmark plastic bag from the supermarket. And, and I said to him, Mr. Wallach, what do you have in the bag? He said, a, a pair of shoes. That's where we're going. We're going to walk up Broadway. I'm going to the shoemaker. And I laughed and I said, but you know, like you're a millionaire. Why don't you just go to Macy's and buy like ten new pair? Why do you need to repair old shoes? And he grabbed me by the wrist, stopped me in mid. Drive, and he said, "Mickey, I grew up in the Depression. Right back back then, we didn't buy new; we fixed old, and I've never been able to shake that." Right. I said, "Wow, what a story!" I do the I'll same thing. Forget, I'll never forget that. I do the same thing. I'll be eighty in May. I'm not a Depression baby, but I'm a war baby. And yep. during the Second World War, we couldn't get rubber. 
We couldn't get leather. We couldn't get anything because of the war. That's so therefore, right. I was deprived. I, I love when they call me privileged. By the way, when they say I'm the privilege, I'm very. Ron Russell is so privileged, and my ass is privileged. Yeah. We didn't even have coal to heat the house in the winter. No. It was so freezing in Brooklyn. Yep. You know. Anyway, uh, I would have asked. Brady, e by the way. Thank you. I would have asked Eli Wallach. Tell me a little bit about Marilyn Monroe. I always ask like Jane Russell did, about did Marilyn. Book. Yeah, he did speak about her. Talked about her in depth in the movie. He liked Jane, her very much. Jane Russell also liked Marilyn. They did Gentlemen yeah. for Blondes together. And I yeah. said to Jane, what do you think Marilyn's problem was? And she said she was abused, sexually raped as a child, yeah. thrown from house to house, and she was really very delicate. So wow. Jane Russell said, why don't you go to my church of born-again Christians and possibly they can help you. And then the yeah. next day, yeah. Jane said to Marilyn, so how did it go? And Marilyn went... Oh, no, it's not for me. It's just too religious. <laughs> so Marilyn really was. Uh, anyway, the one thing that Jane said negative about her was, and I'm shocked, was yeah. that J Jane had to say to her, well, they were shooting six weeks of rehearsal of dancing in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And at one point, Jane had to say, Marilyn, dear, please shower. <laughs> so, you know, that's something you, nobody likes to think of as Marilyn Monroe perspiring and smelling right. while she was dancing. Uh, they got along very well. That war that the press did about them hating each other and fighting, yeah. Jane yeah. said, is bull bullshit. She yeah. said, Marilyn was a little dove, a little yeah. scaredy cat girl. And Jane was a big, you know, Jane's a big tough broad. And she was Marilyn's protector. Yeah. And when, when they were shooting a scene, when she, Marilyn Monroe kisses one of the fellas on the ship, yeah. uh, one of the camera people said to him, what did it feel like? when Marilyn Monroe kissed you. And he oh, said, I felt like I was being swallowed alive. Marilyn heard that. She ran off the set crying. That's how sensitive she was. <laughs> wow. Wow. So wait, let's go to your book. Tell us about your book. I want to hear about it because Eileen told me that you've got a book coming out. Right. It, it's a memoir. And the, and, the, and the book is called From the Projects to Profiles. Oh, that's a good title. Uh, what, know, I, what projects did you live in? I lived in the South Beach Projects, which is about a mile south of the where the Verrazano Bridge stands today. That was that was a low income project. Yes. Yeah. Well, poor, back, poor people lived there. Yeah. Back in the day, uh, we didn't have any money because my father, who fought in World War II, came back from the Philippines after the war, and now all these soldiers are in their late twenties, early thirties, with no money and no job. None. None. So so and you know, if you did get a job, there didn't have a lot of money. I, I mentioned in the book that uh, uh, no one in the projects ever went on vacation. You know, vacation for us as a family in the projects meant I'm off from work for a few days. No, yeah. I agree with you. I never heard of people uh, right. going on vacation in my neighborhood. They wouldn't leave the build the block. What are you kidding? They wouldn't even go to New York. <laughs> going not. to New York, you packed a lunch. Yes. To New York City, that is, from Brooklyn. I, I have friends who send their kids to Mexico for, for oh, Easter break and are 16 yeah. years old. And yeah, I well, book the closest I got to the Caribbean or Mexico back in those days was the world map in my bedroom, on my bedroom wall. That's just, <laughs> that's oh, just well, the way it was. I, yeah. I, and, uh, I, but, but, but the same thing, uh, in order to do well as a kid growing up in that environment, you did have to learn a certain amount of toughness, certain amount of street smarts. You better believe it, baby. And, and I tell people, and I write in the book, uh, 
you know the scene with John Travolta walking down the street with the paint can at the that, beginning? That was me. Live? I said in the book, I said, in my neighborhood, we all walk that way. Absol- I know, still walk that way. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I, I think I'm loving you. Please send me an autographed copy of your book. I'm dying it's to read it. It's not out yet. We're working when on it's it. Out, I will review it. I think yes. it's going to be a fabulous book. Because for those of you listening, you have no idea what life was like in the 40s and 50s. The 1950s were probably the greatest years of American history. At 18 years old, my parents found out I was gay. And they sent me to Italy to go straight with my grandmother because they thought my grandmother could straighten me out. Meanwhile, the Italian men were the most wonderful men I had ever met. <laughs> so they did me a favor. But the but 1950s, we had, I had a convertible, and I used to park it in Manhattan with my sunglasses, and, and, and nobody stole the car or the sunglasses. Right. No, par- no parking meters you could park anywhere. We used to hang out at a place called Gilday's in Woodside, Queens, and then we'd go next door to the uh, that White Castle Hamburgeria, and yep. for 20 Five cents, we got a hamburger and an orange drink. Those were the days. Drive-in movies, hiding yes. your friends in the trunk so they didn't have to pay the dollar. That's the so way I, I should That's... let all the listeners and, and, and people who are watching know, too, because you guys are both from similar areas in New York. You're both from New York. He's yeah, from but I'm Brooklyn. older. I think I'm older than you. You are older, but you're, yes. from, you're from Brooklyn. And where, where are you from Staten again? Staten Island. I don't know. There. Okay. You know, think, think of the Barrazano Bridge. Yeah, that's it. knows where that is. Uh, matter of fact, Today, we're speaking from our offices that we produce profiles, which is, I'm going to guess, a, a half a mile from the Staten Island Ferry. See, when he speaks, okay. when he speaks, my ears sing because he's got the accent. He just said it. I love his words. He's speaking like a, he, he's, he's really cultivated to clean it up a little bit. But oh, I yeah. can hear, I can hear your Staten Island, almost Brooklyn. We Staten Island and Brooklyn sound the same, you know. Sounds Everybody same. had a summer house in Staten Island from Brooklyn. You know, Ron, it's interesting because I went to college in Missouri. Okay. And I went I first, to college in, in Queens. No, yeah, yeah, no, in Missouri, Missouri. And when I first got there, I thought that everyone was different. And then I realized it was me that was different. You know? <laughs> no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. Said, no, wait a minute. Every newscaster you hear, oh, I fight with people. Out here where we live in Palm Springs, oh, yeah. you've got such a New York accent. I said, no, you got a hick accent. I speak <laughs> original. I speak the original English, which is what the newscasters speak on TV. If right. you listen to newscasters, they don't say, "Oh, it's real neat. What a hot day." They don't speak that way. So, so you was, have a perfect accent. Yeah, I was. Uh, thank you, but I was there a week, and the uh, speech and drama teacher pulled me aside and he said i can fix you i'll and screw said, you i would have told him <laughs> how you gonna do that hey how are you gonna do that he said simple we just have to pronounce your er's and your th's because right now you're saying instead of saying power you're saying power and instead of saying that you're saying that if we could fix the th's and the and the er's you're halfway home to get rid of the new york accent and now, i would have said to him I could fix your F U C K Y O U. I'm a New Yorker, baby. I will never lose my accent. If I think I'm losing it, I go home and I go to Brooklyn and I sit there with all the Guido Guineas and I say, okay, let's go. Let's talk. And they say, ask me about it. Tell me over there what's going on. And I'm so happy to hear it. Wait a sec. So, how did you go to school in Missouri? Like, how did you pick Missouri? Why Missouri? 
wasn't a football scholar. I played football in high school. Oh. When I was uh, our team at on Staten Island, I won the city championship. And I received, a, I was a running back, uh, and I received a full scholarship to Missouri Valley College. How tall are you? I'm 5'11". Okay, so now you're, you're like a big you're, guy. By your name, you're Irish. I'm Irish and German. Okay, because Burns is Irish. Or it could yeah. be German. Burns could also be German. Uh, but it depends well, on how you say it. Was, my mother's side was Muller, so that was German. Right. My mother right. was Irish. My mother was uh, totally, 100% uh, German. Tell me a little bit more about your book. Oh, hang on one second. Wait, the chat you... room, they want to know, in the chat room, they want to know what's a guido. <laughs> what's a guido? A guido is a slang word for a low-class Italian who's usually a hood, and he speaks incorrectly, <laughs> and he looks like John Travolta in the movie uh, Saturday yeah. Night Live. <laughs> and, 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 Ron, add a lot of chains. Yes. Chains and, and you got plat plat platform shoes. and he, You know, we have the Brooklyn Bop. When we, I walk to this day, I mean, people make fun of how I walk. I can't help it. I walk with the Brooklyn Bop. We yeah. all did. I'm sure if I walked next to you in two minutes, the both of us would be walking the Brooklyn Absolutely. Bop. In the book, I write about my Missouri experience as well. We say as a kid from the streets of New York in the Midwest, an education in itself. And I write, interestingly, the, the, the first week I was there, one of the professors said to me, I guess you're here to get degrees. And I said, of course, like everyone else. And he said, you know what they stand for? And I said, I have no idea. He said, well, let me tell you. BS, which I eventually got, which is, you know what a, what's a BS degree? It's a yes. bachelor, bachelor of Science. Science. But, but he said to me, you know what a BS uh, degree stands for? I said, no. Bullshit, he said. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. A bullshit degree. Bullshit. I, uh, he said, MS which is a master of science, he said, MS stands for more shit. More shit. <laughs> and, and, and he said, I know you aspire for a PhD. Do you know what that stands for? I said, no idea. He said, piled higher and deeper. <laughs> I, oh, I can't wait to read your book. I cannot yeah, yeah. wait. I have about 12 books I have to read. I'm going to put you to the top of the list. <laughs> right. So, so obviously the book talks about South, you know, growing up as a kid in the projects. And then the only way I would have seen uh, any college was through a scholarship, which I earned. Uh, had a great, great four years out of Missouri. Interestingly, I went back in 2012 and I served as the commencement speaker at graduation. <laughs> That's with, with, with 2,500 people in the football stadium. And it was 96 degrees and humid. And I remember uh, the, the, the sweat was just running down my, my chest in the, uh, through the cap and gown. And I said to the president, I said, you know, if I Everybody go said, down see, the She said, I said, ta-da, ta-da. I love that. You, you just did <laughs> Staten Island. What you said, what I, I said, I said, ta-da. I said, ta-da. 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, she just said, if you go down, leave your notes, and I'll finish your speech. But that was also a highlight of my life. And also, I worked for three months on preparing that commencement address. It's not easy. Because you want to be compelling, a little bit of humor thrown in, and uh, you don't want to make a fool of yourself. So right. Now, start, listen. Now, listen. Staten Island was 80% yeah. Italian. No more. You must, have, you, must, you must have had a hard time back then being Irish. Yeah. Because was, the Irish you know, and the Italian did not get along. I talk about this in my book. 
And you're so right, because when I was in the fourth grade, uh, it was like 95% Italian, me and, and, and one other Polish kid. And for some reason, the teacher thought I was Italian, and she mistakenly called me Anthony. That, it's, that's for Anthony. Anthony, she called So I didn't even correct her for three months because I didn't want to be different. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's the way it was. You know? That's right. It was that way. You know, I don't want to correct her. I'm, I'm Anthony. All right. But, you know, we didn't have prejudice in my block. We had a black no. guy and we had one black kid in our elementary school. And his name was Robert Taylor, by the way. And he was tall and I was very tall. So yeah. we we both played basketball together. Right. And, you know, I went to his house, I remember, in Brooklyn. And I met yeah. his mother. Big fat Aunt Jemima type lady, wonderful person. Yeah. Right away, sit down, you know, we can make you chicken or whatever. And it dawned on me one day that he was black. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that? That stupidity of the day? We didn't see it for some no. reason. No. It, it wasn't like nowadays. I think today everybody's made the emphasis on prejudice that we have become prejudiced. But back in my day, I hung out with Manny Rivera was a Puerto Rican from Puerto Rico, my dearest friend in the world. Yep. We didn't have that in Brooklyn. How about you and Staten you know, I'm going to mention the guest back. We didn't have it where I in the projects either. No, because why we is were that? We all in the same boat. We yeah, were but... all in the same boat. And the one thing we all had in common was nobody had any money. So right, nobody maybe was better was than anybody else. But everyone appeared to be happy, and I think we were. We were happy. Are you kidding? Are you serious? We would play crackers on the curb. We would open the fire hydrant and jump underneath to cool off. We yeah. would play stickball. We would go in the schoolyard and make out with our girlfriends. What are you, crazy? Those yeah. days were the best. They were. And, and uh, you know, I have uh, friends who give their kids $20,000 sweet 16 Par birthday parties, twenty thousand dollars. I got friends better. <laughs> and I write in the book that you know when you know for graduations and birthdays, you know the best we got, and we were happy to get it was was a, a, a good hamburger at a, at a, a nice hamburger place. That was a big treat, or a pizza. That was a big treat. Out. Oh, pizza was a lot of money. Fifteen cents a slice. Right. Right. So here, I want to I want to like yeah. move this conversation a little bit. First of all, oh, I'm loving um, it. Because uh, we don't have a ton of time, and I want to like go over a couple. Oh, of you're things. my new best number, friend. Number by one, the way. What, 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 you are. You are coming to New York. We're having lunch, and we we're going to have a ball. I'm serious. I'm not bullshitting you. I don't no, blow smoke. I'm I'll serious. Pay. We're going. No, you don't have to pay. We'll split the bill. We'll do it New York style. You pay yours. I pay mine. I don't want anybody. So to hang treat on me. though. Okay. So hold on. I'm everybody, serious. I think is, you and I really. You guys would hit it off. We've got Burns. so much to talk about. This is Mickey Shut Burns up, from Profiles of Mickey Burns. Everybody, first of all. People who are in New York, how do they how do they watch your show? Where do they go? What time is it? Give us some information. That's a, that's a good question. It, it's called Profiles with Mickey Burns. It's been off for twenty years. It's on channel twenty five in the tri-state area, which includes New Jersey, Connecticut, Long Island, upstate New York, and of course all five boroughs. It's on the uh, NYC Media Network channel twenty five. It's a great channel. I always said. Oprah wish she had Channel 25 when she was at 335 right. or something like that. Are, are you on YouTube? Uh, I, I don't think so. Put yourself on a, YouTube so we could watch you out in California. What we have on YouTube are 10-minute teasers of old uh, interviews. Put a full show on so we could see you. I'd love to see your show. 
But and where are we going, going there? You know, anyway. we're, we're coming to New York. We, I'm, I'm in a movie now. I think we're shooting it in, I don't know where we're shooting it. But um, I, I'm going to watch you. Matter of fact, I'm going to come yeah. in your studio and watch you live. That would be uh, great. But you, yeah, can also go, you can also go and uh, onto the network's uh, website, which is NYC Media. And, and then you can go to television. Too and, sophisticated for me. And, and all the shows. Else. I don't know how to do that. Everybody else all can the do shows that. are listed there. And you hit profiles, and I think they post our last 10 shows. There you go. Oh, I, 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 want to, I, want, I want to see your Joan Collins show. Because, well, you know, I, there's you a chance. You got to go to YouTube. It should be there. There's a chance. I, I could have had Joan Collins on set the record. And I was advised not to. They said, your personality and her personality are identical. Nah, and we're no, we're you. both we're both Gemini's. So we'll try to get her. I can get her. You know, and I think that. So hold on, okay. Let me go. Let me. I I, I saw her at lunch one day, in here in L.A., <laughs> and she was breathtakingly gorgeous. I've got to tell you, she was old. She was about nice sixty. Person, I I think so. I, yeah, I think I'd like to interview Joan Collins. Okay, so hold on. So first of all, because everybody in the chat room is asking about the book, we don't know when the book's coming out yet, right? I'm, I'm gonna. The book should be uh, out the first of the year. All right, everybody. And the title again is? Is From the Projects to Profiles, a Memoir by I Mickey. love it. I love the title, From the and Projects. Nobody mentions projects anymore. Did you know that I was born? Wait, I have one thing I'm going to tell them. Do you know where I was born? Uh, I was born at the Red Hook Projects, my friend. No, top, top floor. Okay. Rob, Nine Blood Brothers. Yes, 1940. I was but born in 1940. Top floor of the Red Hook Projects on Columbia Street. 40, I almost remember my, my address, 40, 40-something 40 Columbia Street. Yeah. I wanted to mention that Eileen Shapiro, the publicist, the celebrity publicist, will be yeah. doing for the book and will be published by New Haven Publishing, which are, they're out of England. Yes. Well, I intend to push it to the max because it's a history that I don't want forgotten or lost. And every, everybody's asking me to write a book. And I really should because I've, I've been in the business 58 years and I've met everybody probably in the business. It would be a name dropping book about the people that I know. But I always say, listen, if I were a plumber and I went to a party and I said, I just finished doing Joe Blow's house, his yeah. toilet, nobody would think anything of it but if i say i just got back from lunch with jane russell they go oh name dropping name dropping yeah. so i don't get it and i, I did so, want to mention that uh, the last chapter i want to is called the legacy question because i had mentioned to you last question in every interview is what do you hope your legacy will be we went back into the archives and pulled that answer from 500 episodes and that's the last chapter so we have joan uh, Collins's legacy. We have Joan Rivers, George Foreman. Very interesting. Good. You know, and, and they're all there. And it's really inspiring, funny, heartwarming, all of that. That's so everybody, a very smart thing. I cannot wait. When is your book coming in out? January. Let me January. talk, please. I'm, I'll let you hey, talk. everybody. So listen up. So the book's going to be coming out in January. We'll have we'll have Mickey come back when the book actually comes out. Yeah. So that way we you can uh, help promote it. Um, let's ask you a bucket list question. So you've interviewed... You know, hundreds and hundreds of, of huge celebrities. Who's yeah. on your bucket list? Give me like a male and a female that you have not I, had a I, chance. I, you know, it's a great question. And again, in my book, I put down, I always have a list on my bullet, my next to my desk, the top five people that I aspire to get on the show. 
Right on top is Tom Jones. Oh my God, that's mine too. <laughs> I just had Engelbert Humperdinck on the show. You gotta he be was kidding. Fabulous. Engelbert, can I tell you an Engelbert Humperdinck story? Yes. I said to Engelbert, in your biography, you wrote that you made love to 3,000 women. I said, is that accurate? He says, Mickey, let me put it to you this way. Less work for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Jones would be at the top of, is, is one of uh, the top of mine. I can't I, believe Tom Jones. I mean, really and truly. He Tom was such, Jones. He was, Jones such a, he was such a nobody. Wait, keep going. Who else? Uh, Pete Rose. Which no, I believe I'm going to be able to schedule in September because I want to talk about the Hall of Fame dilemma. Yes. Raquel Welch. Uh-oh, beware. She turned us down. Tough broad. <laughs> I, know, I know, Raquel. Tough, tough. Watch it. Beautiful. Watch it. Beautiful. Gorgeous. 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 Intelligent. And very quick to cut. Yes, but she's on the list. And uh, Tom Hanks, because sweetheart, everybody, sweetheart, sweetheart, sweetheart of a man. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, Robert Wagner had been on it, and then we just had him on last year. Uh, what a sweet guy he was. Yeah, RJ is cool. I like him a lot. You know, we used to that's have, a good one. We, got, we used to eat in the yeah. same restaurant on Thursdays. I did. Tom Jones is the only one that I, because I want Charlize Theron, and and I want and and like he can't he he doesn't know why, but like for me, Molly Ringwald is like a big deal. I want Molly Ringwald. Do you have time for me to tell you a Tom Jones story? Yes. 1980. I'm with Tom Jones backstage. I was working for Channel Five News, and he got, gave us tickets in the front row. And right next to me is his girlfriend. And all during the, because people used to say, you, you resemble Tom Jones. And during the. You do not. You do not. You no, better. This is when I was younger. I'm going back 1980. You're better. Tom Jones looks like shit now. You look good. Thank you. But his girlfriend kept flirting with me. And I said to Bill McCreary, who was sitting next to me, you know, I feel very uncomfortable because, uh, you know, that, that she's flirting. I felt uncomfortable about it. And so I said, I got to ask her. I said, why, you know, you're Tom's girl. Why are you flirting with me? And she said, yeah, I'm Tom Jones' girlfriend this weekend. Oh. Well, <laughs> I, I love I, it. I was a little slow on it. I, Ron, I know that's a tough one. But no, but no, no, Tom. I know you're no, I, I, got, I got it, but I'm not a fan of Tom Jones because I am a huge I, fan. I, I won't go into it, but someone I know very well was very close to Tom Jones. So I know who Tom Jones really is. Sure. Sure. In his but real personal, real life. And uh, I'm not too thrilled about his uh, uh, outlook of certain people. Okay. There you go. Uh, but he's on my All right. list. On, That's good. I think it's good. Find yeah. out what he thinks of gay people. Okay. All right. I'll find out. I'll find out. So, you guys, this is me. You know who Burns? I want on my list? Who? I made a film with her, uh, 19... Uh, 59 Sophia Loren oh, I would love oh. to, I would love to see Sophia again Lassie. and I'm going to try to contact her to have her on our show and beautiful beautiful it's, it's been 50 something years since we kissed and she kissed me on the cheek goodbye I'm Italian I speak Italian fluently yes. she was 26 years old her English was very poor Yes. So on the set, I was and I was a soldier. They used to tell me, "Get away from her! You're not yes. allowed to go near Tab Hunter, who I was in love with, who became uh, my good bus, my buddy years later." Tab yeah. and I were best of yes. friends. Yes. And uh, I would love to uh, see Sophia again. Uh, I, so we, we're out of time, real would you, quick. Would so you get we Sophia? Do. Yeah, we gotta go. Wait, are you gonna get Sophia on your show? I 
would love to, but uh, you know, I don't even know if she's in the United States right now. It doesn't matter. We could Skype. We have Skype. I, oh, yeah, she. I, I, he's live. He's live. Well, so we we're live also. No, he's live. I mean, he, I mean, he's not live. He's in a studio. You have to go in oh, the studio. Oh, your tape. Your tape. You tape. Yes. We tape. We tape in the studio. Yes. So you could tape it. You yeah. could Skype. Skype. Yeah. Tape it. We, you know, we've been studioing it, and that's the way we're, I think we're going to continue. All right, you got good twenty years success. I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, What's everybody. To say? Okay, so you guys make sure to turn into profiles with Mickey Burns. He's on social media, but he doesn't really do it. You need to get back on your Twitter and stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I, I do, I do Facebook, and I do Instagram somewhat. But yeah, I, somewhat. You're, right. you're right. I kind of got off of Twitter. Um, and then here's the next thing. Then, so before we say goodbye, yes. we we're, we we want to ask one last question, uh, and then we're going to steal it from your playbook. So, what do you want your legacy to be? See, that, now, now you're turning the tables on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's a smart question. I, you know, I think that after our 500 episodes, uh, that in some respect we've entertained people, in some respect we educated people, uh, but most importantly, we hope that through our broadcast that we've made some people better. That's my legacy. I I, love I've it. interviewed over 4,000 people, celebrities, okay? <laughs> it's true in my 58 years. And I would say that my legacy would be to my audience, I hope I made you happy. And I hope that's... I made you laugh because that's what it's all about. Yes. It's not about money, that's for sure. Well, both of you, both of you. Both uh, Ron and Jimmy, you're doing a wonderful job, and I wish thank you, you thank you, thank you, so success in, in what you do. It's very important. Yeah, we're we're successful, and I don't understand why. Sometimes <laughs> I say, Jimmy, I don't get it, but yeah, we we were the number one uh, media show, web in the show, world, web show in the world, and I, that's I quite think, an honor. I, I think you both have a knack for bringing out bringing out the best in people. Well, you know Thank what it you. is? You know what it is? I tell all of our guests, I didn't have to tell you, pretend you're in Brooklyn in my kitchen and we're having Entenmann crumb cake and coffee and we're just bullshitting. That's, and that's, the, that's the success to our show. We're not an interview show or a conversation show. We yeah. interrupt. We talk back and forth. Yeah. So our audiences feel like they're visiting with us. Everyone out there tells me that. I felt like I was visiting with you and, and your guests. So that's our success. And yours is you're brilliant. And you, you're in, in your New York, my dear. And you're on, <laughs> and you're on television. I hate your guts. <laughs> you know, I mean... Uh, my thrill would be to be in New York live on television. Yeah, coming out of New York. I miss my New York so much. Yeah. Palm Springs is wonderful. I love the swimming and the weather oh. and dri driving my convertible. But I miss my dirty New York, the smell of taxi cabs, people pushing, saying, go fuck yourself. I mean, you know, subway getting felt up by other homos. I loved it. So, Mickey, we... I want to thank you for coming on the show. When the book comes out, we'll definitely have you come back. Absolutely. And uh, we, we wish you continued success yes. with getting your top five. You're a sweetheart. Uh, we hope you get how them all. You, how could he not have success? And anytime, anytime you need anything, let us know. We'll help, help cross-promote any way we can. You're I've a mensch. I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank but you so much. Too. Thank you. We, we're having lunch, and don't bullshit me, because I'll tell everybody on the air. You're full of shit. He never met me for lunch. I'll ruin you. I'll disgrace you. <laughs> you got a day, right? Okay, All right, Mickey. Thanks Talk so much. See you soon, bye -bye. baby. Bye-bye. What a pleasure. Bye -bye. What Everybody. a nice guy. Absolutely. Everybody, what a wonderful that was Mickey interview. Burns. We're going to take a quick music break. Hey, um, Great interview, wow. Mick. Great. Um, Great. Uh,
Scott uh, and Danielle. Forgot. Scott, Scott and Danielle, do you guys have the drop top alibi song? Hold on one second. You forgot my name. Yes. A video called Burn. We're going to play it, but don't call the guest yet. we got to play the song and then come back, and i got to uh, say a couple so of things, enjoyed, and then we come back. I so enjoyed that interview. I cannot wait to have lunch with this guy. We are going to talk about what it was when we were kids and how wonderful it was. I, I, I love to meet people from my time. All right. You guys have the song Burn? Yes, I do. Happy Scotty J. Yep. Uh, I'll enjoy it. All right, everybody, this is a cool super cool new rock band their name is drop top alibi this is their uh, award-winning single burn enjoy A beauty so sublime it's almost divine After all tidy self can't compete She's feeling the rhythm beneath all your feet
Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, that's Drop Top Alibi. The name of the single is Burn. And uh, they got a new single coming out uh, in about a month. And it was uh, all produced by, if you guys remember, when we had Michael Hansen on from Glass Tiger. Um, and he produced the albums. And I think they're, they're just freaking, like, awesome. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be working with them. And, and uh, they'll be on the show eventually. Um, so before we call our next guest, we want to... Make sure everybody knows where they can tune into the Jimmy Star Show. We are live every Wednesday from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on W4CY Radio with the fabulous Ron Russell, Danielle, and Scotty J. We're also on K4HD Radio in L.A., Hit 1069 FM in New York, Jackalope Radio in Kansas City. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Audioboom, Podomatic, Spreaker, Apple TV, and Podbean. And on television, you can see us on YouTube, Celebra Media, VIP Television, Roku, and Comcast. What a mouthful. We're like diarrhea. We're all over. That's right. We're like diarrhea. We're all over. And, Meanwhile, uh, Jimmy, look at us on television. Look how cute we look. We look great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love my Jimmy, even though I beat him with the microphone. I enjoyed our guest so much. I really, really cannot wait to get to New York and have lunch with him. I'm going to have so many stories to tell you about it. Um, what are we going to talk about now? Oh, screwball's coming on. Oh, oh we're going to get him. The dementia's coming on. Real quick, before we, before we I call I love him, I love him, I love Jason. No, we're going to call him right now, actually. So, you guys, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to play Careless Whisper. Uh, it's Jason Prince's version of the George Michael song before we get him on. And um, He is so uh, crazy. He is so fabulous. He is so warm, outgoing, loving, touchy, kissy, huggy. He is a sweetheart. Do I, you, uh, I, I absolutely love him. You guys have the video, right? Yes, I do. Scotty yep. J? And, and he's also beautiful in drag. All right, on here we go. All right, everybody, this is Jason Prince, Careless Whisper. We're going to get him on the phone. Here we go.
So butch. <laughs> I had to ask Jimmy, are you sure that's what Jason? What version of butch is butch to you then, Ron? Oh my God, you look like a man there. Look, like a real tough guy. <laughs> oh my God. Only my but... dark roots that I haven't done because you look to me. <laughs> Hang on, we got to yeah, do an introduction. Either. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome, first of all, in the chat room, they're saying he's so talented, smart, fun, good looking with a heart of gold. We want to <laughs> welcome DJ Jason Prince to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Hello. Yeah, hey guys, it's so lovely to see you again. How are uh, you guys? Good. Fantastic. I have to say one thing about Jason. He's kissy, touchy, lovey, warm, and wonderful, and one of the most outgoing people I know. And I'm kind of sorry he lives in England. I wish he lived in California. I'm sorry I so- live in England. Well, I should be <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but you could bre- you could sleep on Eileen's breasts. You she's know what? Here. When I stayed with Eileen for a month, it was one of the best months I've had in years. I just absolutely loved yeah. it. She looked after me so well. She yeah. suckled me every day. I'm sure you suckled her back. <laughs> no, so, but it, I, I love Eileen. You don't have to sell her to us, that's for sure. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. They're all talking about how great you are, what great hair you have, how talented you are, what a wonderful smile. I mean, hi, everybody in the chat room. That's I didn't go on the chat room tonight because Matt and Martin have been looking after the uh, technical side. So I'm here just on my phone here. But hi to everybody in the chat room. Yay. And then say hi to Danielle and uh, Scotty J. You want a cell phone? Hi, Danielle. Hi, Scotty J. I just had a little word with Scotty J before I came on. Yes, he said, oh, Jason. Oh, hello. Skype addresses, he said. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I always forget the password, so I have to start a new account every time <laughs> I talk to you. Don't tell him. <laughs> Billy, ha- Billy Hess and Eileen are in the chat room, and people are saying how lucky they are because they've gotten to meet you in person. <laughs> well... Oh, that's so lovely. Hi, everybody. And Make sure you say, say, hi to, say hi, to, hi B- to Billy. Say Bi- hi to Billy. Billy Hess, you don't like any of my stuff on Facebook anymore. Did I do something to offend you, you motherfucker? Is Billy Hess in the chat room? Huh? Is it Billy, Billy Hess says, room? Billy says use your grinder. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to contact Billy is with grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. Are you and kidding? As for that mark, the hair, you know. Are you kidding, like Billy? He put, he put on Facebook this week that he might be being papped, so he have to start being good. And I put underneath it, yes, Mark, you're already good, good at being bad. That's for sure. Hey, yeah. After Billy has... <laughs> Wouldn't after, it be good? <laughs> wait, after, after Billy has 
left he fire. He says loves you. Wait, after Billy left Fire Island and the meat rack, I understand that. <laughs> no, I understand that six ambulance boats went over <laughs> the main line to the island to pick up the people that were laying in the meat rack from overexposure, oversexed, <laughs> and drained of every bit of energy. So that's Billy yeah, has. I never went to the meat rack, much to um, much to Billy's dismay. I didn't actually end up going. That's because, that's because you're an elegant lady. He wouldn't go in the meat <laughs> rack. I'm not so sure, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. So also, give a shout Wait, out. First of all, you should see what's in the meat rack. Years ago, we took a walk, a whole gang of us, and we went in the meat rack. I mean, some of those guys, really, they better stay in the meat rack and never come out because they were horrible-looking creatures. I mean, you don't get... <laughs> Or just beautiful guys with the bodies of death in the meat rack. You get all the, um, I guess, the guys that can't get picked up in a bar, and they go in the meat rack because they're for the desperates. Billy, go oh, I the don't meat rack. know. I'm not sure. I never went there, so I don't know. I can't comment. No so, comment. Well, I, I've been in the meat rack, not shopping. Believe me, trust me, not shopping. Ugh. Ron doesn't <laughs> like it. Ron no. doesn't like those things. So hold on. First no, of all, like a bed. we need you to say hi to B. Claudia in Germany because she's like one of your biggest fans. So say hi to B. B. in Germany. Yeah. Yay. Um, hi. How are you? Do you know what? Um, Careless Whisper was actually released on a German label, which was Sounds United Records, and it went into the charts in Germany. That there was, you go. Uh, before I had the thing going with tracks records, I had, a, I had a deal with Sounds United in Germany with a guy called Dieter was the uh, A&R guy. And, uh, yeah, he's big on the German uh, record scene. So, yeah, my, my Careless Whisper remix did best in Germany out of every other country. So, B, Careless Whisper. Yay. Billy Hess says no more re meat rack. There's only bugs there. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I don't think he made it to the meat rack when I went to Fire Island with no, him. No, but in, in, in 1968, right. the meat wasn't. <laughs> no, the, the meat rack. The meat rack was like incredible. Every gorgeous model guy, everybody used to be in the meat rack. Over the years, I think I've heard rumor that it's it's depleted. Well, it's, it's Fire <laughs> Island. Fire Island's no, no, not no, what it I, was. I have to I'll have to abstain from commenting about the meat rack, I'm afraid. No, but, but seriously. We do fire... have similar places in the UK. Would you like to hear about them? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Well, I was talked into going somewhere the other day with my lovely friend, Scott, who's the music producer here, and he would, wanted to take Hi, me for Scott. an outdoor swim at Hampstead Heath Swimming Lakes, okay? And I won't give any of his secrets away, but it did take a while to get there because he took me the long way, and he kept mysteriously going missing on the journey towards the lakes. <laughs> now, I went just to swim, obviously, you know, as a good, clean, living young man, and uh, but I think there was definitely extra curricular activities going on around the bushes around the outside of the lake, shall we say? You know when you know when Billy uh, Hess is on his way. No, yeah. house on the island is the new meat rack. Ah, that's why he didn't need to leave. That's and, and what does that downstairs well, room and people come in and out the window? Well, when when Jimmy and I when Jimmy and I stayed at Eileen's house. It was about four o'clock in the morning, and I heard activity downstairs, like banging noises and stuff. I went down, and Colin was entertaining four different love guys. Colin. So I love Colin too, and so that was that. 
So when we went to, I threw them all out. By when the way. we were in L.A., when we were in L.A., when Billy and Eileen were here, we went to the bathroom in uh, Beverly Hills, and it was we went to the restroom where uh, George Michael got arrested. Oh, George Michael frequented Hampstead Heath. He had a, a house on the back of it, so that's where he did his cruising a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss George Michael. But Eileen went in the men's room to take a picture. So there she was standing next to yeah, me. What the you mean, Eileen's an honorary gay man. She can go into any backstreet bar. <laughs> she can go to the meat rack. She can go to the Hampstead pools. She'll be number one VIP guest list any gay cruising area, guaranteed. Wait, did you know that Fire Island has a hotel? I forgot the name of it, but the hotel only allows men in it. Women cannot go in. Not allowed. Oh, it's not. And the one I, that looks a bit like a church, is it? Yeah, it's a castle. It looks and, like a oh, castle. And, and Eileen is the only one. Eileen is the only woman that is allowed to go in that castle. I know. Yes, actually, now you say that. Although she does have the rainbow flag in her hair, so she's definitely an honorary gay man, isn't she? Come on. That's right. Well, you, well, she comes out of that castle, and if you're standing outside, she'll say, "Go to the dining room. There's a guy in there, eight inches." Now, if you go to the hallway, <laughs> there's a guy with ten inches. Now. If you go upstairs to the bedroom, there's a guy with 12 How did I end up on the topic of cruising on, on, on our I show? Don't know, because, this is your, your oh, bad influence. They call me. it the Belvedere. It's the Belvedere, the Belvedere Guest House. Belvedere Guest and House. And B. Claudia just said she looked. She found Jason in the dance charts in Germany. Oh, oh. yes, that's right. I was, yes. Yeah. So can. tell us what's going on with... Now, wait a minute. We're not going to talk anymore about gay cruising. We're going to talk about religion. Uh, no, We're going to talk about religion. Did you go to church Sunday? When I was a little boy, I went to church against sort of the will of my family, really, because my mother, like when she was, uh, when her father died, she sort of gave up on religion. My, my granddad was a scoutmaster, so they was all brought up very, very religious. And yeah, then when he died, and he, had, he died very young, and he had a horrible, like, nasty death, and it turned my mum against religion because she couldn't understand how someone so wonderful was taken in such a cruel way so young. But I wanted to go to church because I just loved singing. So I wanted to be in the choir, and to be in the choir, you had to go to church. And I loved it. I just loved everybody singing Wait. and all this did, it was did, my first taste of really singing was um, was joining the church choir. So, yeah, but, I loved it. Did you have to sleep with the priest to get to be an No, I, I didn't even realize that that was the perks of the job. If I'd have known, I would have been there all guns of blazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been, too. That's the only reason it why I went. It was Catholic. It was Church of England. You know, I like how Henry VIII rewrote religion for us so that it didn't have to, we didn't have to do any of the bad bits, only the fun bits. Henry VIII rewrote religion it. I'm not Catholic, but I loved all the priests and pastors of all the church I went to. I would have like gone with them in a heartbeat if I would have had an opportunity. They were gorgeous. <laughs> and I was later on, later on after the show, I'm going to send you a photo of one of the nights that I used to do in London called Confessions. I'm not going to say any more about it, but if you do feel like reposting it, it is fun. I'm not going to say any more. Okay. I was the slogan was... On the seventh day, the Lord rested, but there's no rest for the wicked. It was my Sunday night club night. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I was best man at a wedding, and the uh, priest came on to me gangbusters after at the party, and I let him have it publicly, and everybody turned on she me. She doesn't mean have it like have no, it. No, 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 like... I know what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, 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 I had been drinking, and I got loose-lipped, and I said, listen, you faggot, leave me alone, you know, whatever. And everybody was against me. Everybody at the yeah, wedding you, thought, what? oh, yeah, because they thought I was horrible to say such a thing to this man. Oh, right, to and, someone and who's me, such stature. Yeah, and meanwhile, okay, he was yeah. I think trying to... He was now. trying to feel me up under the table. He was all... I mean, he was a pig. You lucky thing. <laughs> no, 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 I, 
No, no. I believe if you're a religion, you're a priest, stay celibate. If you want to fool around with guys, become a drag queen. There you go. So let's talk about you still dress up and everything, I suppose. Like anyway. Those priests. Let's talk about nuns. Jason Prince's music okay. career. Jet tracks records thing behind him, which is all washed out, so we can't see it. But I know that's what oh, it right. said. I didn't know if I'd done that right, but basically, after the Sounds United thing, our Eileen, obviously, and Jimmy have changed my life. When I came to America, introduced me to everybody, played my music to everybody, and that, along with my producers um, Scott, Jose, and Nixie, coming up with a new concept to my music to have a bit of an American taste. Tracks records said yes. And I've been very lucky to have a, an American single out with Tracks Records. It's been doing ever so well. And they've included me on their 35-year album, their 35-year birthday album. So I feel so compilation, so over the moon. So what's is it Wouldn't It Be Good? Is that the one that's going to be on the compilation? Yeah, it's Wouldn't It Be Good. We released it as a single. They released it as a single with our American-style version, plus our Euro-style version, plus a couple of sort of housey mixes as well. And, uh, yeah, we've done two videos, an American video, which is very sort of grainy, black and white. I think you've seen it. Um, yeah, we're going to play it in a minute. More sort of Sam Smith style, maybe. Very different to what I'd usually do. And then we had our already Euro version, which is, like, really colourful, really cheesy, like what I'd usually do for Europe. And, uh, yeah, no, I've just uh, been over the moon. Both versions work really, really well. And uh, it was the choice of, uh, of Scott Jose, who produces my music with Nick. And it, it just really fell into place. And um, I was quite nervous. The black and white video and the vocal is the main thing on the uh, ballady version. And I was quite nervous because I'm so used to, like, having all the effects, like the high energy, the de delays, the auto-tune, everything, the double tracking. And then when it came to doing, like, the American version, we noticed that the things were in the top ten of the American charts that were English were more you know, really stripped back, just the piano, a really good vocal that sounded live. This was like new territory for me to release a record like that. And then to do a grainy video with no airbrushing, like, like I didn't, wasn't really sure. But anyway, it's all I love well, it. So. I think it's the best thing you ever did. I love the, well, the, the, the slow version. <laughs> I think it's the most American thing I've ever done. Yeah, maybe too. I'm, yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm so American, but so, like, I love it. With all of this, can't you get them to pay for your trip here? And you could go on tour. You should uh, be touring be the United States. Fantastic. I mean, I have been to America three times in, in, in a year, didn't I? I went to New York twice. And obviously, I came to L.A. and caught up with you guys as well. Yeah, that's right. Party that you invited right. me to when we was filming the documentary and stuff. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, is I can't get enough of America. Like, I just would, would literally up and leave tomorrow if the opportunity aroused. So I'm putting out there to the universe. And with the little help <laughs> listen, that I'm getting from, listen, from Jimmy, from you, from Eileen, from Rachel, from all these people, tiny little little pieces of the puzzle are coming together. And I'm trying to still, you, you know, you guys are keeping me with the program, getting me to write reviews, getting me to do music with different people, send it across, you know, even though I'm here in the UK. So hopefully why these things or all of them, hopefully, will, um, will mean a, a chance to come back a lot more. Here's a tip to the wise. Italy, Greece, Spain are overloaded with foreigners that are coming in, mostly Syrians. Italy has stopped it and said no more. Europe is fed up with all these people that are coming in. America is getting annoyed with the illegal people coming in. So why don't you just come in illegally? What the fuck? I mean, what's good? <laughs> what's I could be good legally the blonde. 
No, what's good? Blonde. What's good? What's good? <laughs> Illegally blonde. <laughs> Listen, like who's just who, wait? Wait, hang no, on, Charlie, hang on. If you want to come back and visit your folks and that, then that's it. Then you can't ever get back in again. No, 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 no. The next president we have won't be Trump. Whoever it will be is going to make everyone here illegally legal. So get your ass here, hang out, and become okay, a legal. I just happened to be there when they changed the laws. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me the um. Give me the heads up on that, and I'll fly okay, over. Okay, this way, this way, you could move to Palm Springs. This way, you could move to Palm Springs, and we could hang. They all up. want. They all want you. They well, all I've never want been you. to Palm Springs. Yeah, that that's next on my list to come and to come and see you guys. That'd be absolutely. Yeah, well, Palm Springs will never get over. They it. want you in Cologne, Germany. <laughs> they want you to go to Germany. I've been Twitter. to Cologne. I've been to Frankfurt. I've sung in both of those. I did a New Year's Eve gig in Cologne one year at their um, the Club Glorias. When my high energy tracks years ago were really big in Germany, like, I don't know, about 15 years ago, and they booked me to do the um, their main big gay club, Glorious, on, on New Year's Eve. And it was an absolutely fantastic gig, and I came and stayed in Germany for a week and stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Twism White Piece wants to know if you do collabs, I think. He collabs. Twism White Piece is a hip-hop guy. The hell here. is collabs? Collaboration. Oh, her. excuse <laughs> me. The word, the word was yeah, too long. I am long. on the collaborations, actually. No, I'm doing stuff. Can I can I bring my mate into the fold? My DJ. Yeah, bring him in. Look, now this is Fat Matt, P H A T. Come and get in there. Look. Hey, my hey, mate. Hey, what's been, up? Like, he's been my my <coughs> DJ protege, or maybe I'm his DJ protege for years. But he's got such an excellent voice that one day he was in the studio with Scott, and he just started like singing in the background. So it was like. I didn't know you could sing. Anyway, we've ended up getting him in to do a single. We've done a cover of um, We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off. I oh, I love that. America, but it certainly was over here. And it's it's very unexpected getting like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of streams. Like, like it's just great. I'm so proud of him. So he's gone from being our resident DJ to being our new singer. So look out for Yay, that on YouTube. Way to go, Fat Matt. We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off, Fat Matt. Right? Yeah. Who, who, who sings so we don't have to take all the time, you know? Who who's, who who sings we don't have to take our clothes off? Jim, uh, uh, Stewart. Jermaine Stewart was Jermaine the original. Jermaine Stewart, yes. Jermaine Stewart okay. There. And Matt is um our, our other friend is uh, Martin Anxi, Anxi Media, and uh, he's uh he's he's singing with Anxi Media and Club Kids Productions and everything. So I'm I'm proud of this boy. I'm really proud of this. Way boy, to yeah. go! I love yeah. it. They're all hashtagging him in the chat room. So here's what I want to do. I want everybody to hear the American version of uh, uh, Wouldn't It Be Good. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so so uh, Danielle and Scotty J, do you guys have it? Yep. Scotty J, you got it? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so uh, Jason's going to introduce it, and when he finishes introducing it, he's going to say enjoy. And when he says enjoy, you guys play it. Got it? Okay. All right, go for it, Jason. And make sure you say enjoy at the end. That's how they know how to play it. This is my latest tracks record single featured on the 35-year birthday celebration album. It's Jason Prince. Wouldn't it be good? Enjoy it. I got it bad. You don't know how bad I got it You got it easy You don't know when you got it good It's getting harder Just keeping life and soul together I'm sick of fighting Even though I know I should 
code is biting through each and every nerve and fiber. My broken spirit is frozen to the core. I don't wanna be here no more. Wouldn't it be good to be in your shoes, even if it was for just one? Joking, you don't know a thing about it. You've got no problem. I'd stay right there if I were you. I got it harder. You couldn't dream how hard I got it. Stay out of my shoes if you know what's good for you. The heat is stifling, burning me up. I'm inside. The sweat is coming through each and every pore. I don't wanna be here no more. So that was Wouldn't It Be Good by Jason Prince, you guys. It's uh, uh, his American debut on Trax Records. It's a remake of the Nick Kershaw saw that was in the hit film Pretty in Pink with Molly Ringwald. And it's a freaking awesome video. Everybody in the chat room loves it. They're all clapping. uh, And they all, like, love it. And and, uh, they want to know what studio are you in right now. I'm in the Club Kids studio, our very own studio here in Barbican in central London, right in the center of EC1. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, we run this together. We have all of the 80s stars, the 90s stars. 
we have, I mean, it's been just like a labour of love for me because all of my idols from when I was a kid have all come in here to do their new albums. Now we're starting to get a lot of new artists in. We're breaking artists as well. And now we're just going into a new trend of having reality stars come in and do songs with us because reality stars is the kids' superstars. Like what we see as superstars, they don't even get it. Like... If someone's on a reality show now over here, if they're on Made in Chelsea, if they're on Love Island, if they're on Gogglebox, they are the stars of today. So, so many people are sort of going against this thinking it's not, but we're just going with it. And because over the years of me doing all these pride shows and different things, I've met so many of these people and I just get on with them like a house on fire. My favourite one being Sandy from our top um, reality show, Gogglebox. She's been on loads of other reality TV shows, but she's probably our number one reality star over here. And I've been such good friends with her. I've brought her into the studio. I was so surprised when I first ever heard her sing on stage. And we've just written a song for her. So that's going to be our new um, our new song. Ollie and me actually wrote it uh, with her, with Scott Hose. Ollie London, everybody. Yeah, Ollie Ollie's London. been writing with me like... We've got a real writing connection going on now. So we've been writing his songs. We've been writing my songs. Now we've written Sandy's song and uh, we've produced it with Scott. So we're on a bit of a roll. So we're doing her video next week, but she's like a household name here. She's like our biggest reality star. And she's got a great voice. She's a great girl. So so uh, I'm really pleased to be doing all of this. Do you, yeah, do it's you, fantastic. Do you, do you know Martin Fry? Martin Fry. He's from ABC. Do you remember the band? Oh, ABC? yes, of course. Yes. I don't know him personally. No, but I know oh. exactly. He shoot the poison arrow and everything. Yeah, yeah. I love Martin Fry. I love ABC. I do. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I would that, love that, to get him. Kind of love album is like one of the biggest albums of all time. Ever. Absolutely. 80s. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. ABC and Go West. Do you remember Go West or you're not? We old close old? our eyes. Now, what yeah. an amazing vocalist he was as well. Whenever you hear him live, I mean, crikey, he leaves everybody standing, doesn't he? Yeah. I tweet to them all two the time. Two of the people, actually, you picked probably two of the people that I don't know personally, funnily enough, like, out of all the ones I do. But yeah, both of them, absolutely amazing artists. Yeah, both of them. I look up to them a lot. Yeah. Do you know Gary Barlow? <laughs> Gary Barlow. Like, I didn't know he's big in America. Yeah, is Gary Barlow big in America? Is he? No, I'm. I, I'm a big boy band person, and so uh, I, I used. I, I used to. I've, and I've been to the UK probably twenty times, and I used to always go uh, and buy all like, the boy like, band Eileen albums. Knows the music both sides of the just as just I as well actually, both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, I like you guys' music better, so I was a big take <laughs> take that fan. And uh, Gary Barlow, I have all his like albums, and I watch him. Oh, lovely! And, uh, yeah, what a great songwriter, without a doubt. He's a fantastic songwriter. I mean, personally, from the Take That group, I always preferred Robbie. So, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, because he was the naughty one, wasn't he? So Yeah, he's the naughty one. And he was the judge on X Factor last year. That's uh, right. Okay. He was. That's right. He was, yeah. He wasn't a good judge, though. And they had his I wife think as a so. judge. We they were like, we they were like, I think it was a way to make his wife famous. I think she wanted to be famous. So I think he went on she to help is her. She's famous here, though. She's famous here. His wife. Is she? Is, okay, well, because not, not of real famous, before. not real famous, but no, know, for some know. reason. You know who famous else I like? Paul uh, Andre. Paul Andre. Is his name Paul Andre? Peter Andre. Peter Andre. I like Peter yeah. Andre. <laughs> Peter Andre had a huge hit called Mysterious Girl. In fact, he had a few hits, but he was most famous for actually marrying Katie Price, who was Jordan, who was our like top um, glamour model. Yes. In the UK. And she's yeah. like a complete media whore. Like, it's just. 
absolutely on every show, everything. She's always been on everything. So marrying her was probably like made him more of a household name than any of his hits, funnily enough, really. Like, which just says it all now. Basically, everybody that's just a reality star is the stars. Young people see reality stars as their stars. Okay, then they're not they don't see things the Hollywood glamour that sort of goes over their head or real talent seems to go over their head. It's kind of they they want their stars to be someone that it could be them. It's like anyone can like wake up one day and end up on a reality show and be a superstar. And I think I don't know, it just taps into kids dreams in some way that they could be that person, especially with this whole Instagram, Facebook, everything. There he is. You know. You're constantly seeing how many likes you've got and this and the other. And I think like that's where that generation is. You can't you you've either got to go with it or get left behind, I guess. I can't stand the reality stars here well, in America because they know, all think they're really big, but oh well, what are you gonna do? They're huge here. Absolutely huge, yeah. What's the biggest reality show? Love Island. And funnily enough, the power of Love Island, let me tell you something. Rosala who over here is, a, is like an, a, a legendary, like, 90s artist, really, like Club Diva. She had one of the biggest uh, club hits of Feel good, right? Doesn't she do feel good? Everybody's free to feel good. Is yeah, okay. Yeah. Of hits, but that was, she was actually Michael Jackson's favorite singer, and he requested her to go on tour with him, which is an amazing claim to fame for his last tour. And uh, Everybody's Free to Feel Good is a very inspirational song. It's been in and out of the charts for many years, but the funny thing is, is people are kind of starting to forget about Rosala a bit. Then they featured Everybody's Free on Love Island. And the next week she went back into the top 40 of the UK chart. Just from being played once on Love Island and everybody in Love Island dancing to it. It's crazy, no? Oh, and crazy. Uh, I mean, I was lucky. I've written her latest single, Rosala. I think you heard it before, Turn On The Light. So, so uh, but yeah, she went back into the charts after one play on Love Island. That's the power of reality, yeah. Oh my God! Ron hates reality. Ron hates those reality shows. He doesn't like why yeah. we don't. We, we don't but really watch any of them. They're made for teenagers. That's who they're made for. You know, the thing is, is like every generation has their thing. This is their thing. Yeah, I don't like it. Go I'd ahead. I'd like What's to that? be on one. I want to be a Real Housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a Real Housewife or a BFF to a Real Housewife. I want to be the one that's always there, you know, at the parties and everything, helping her get ready, choose her clothes, steal her makeup, whatever. That, I want that to be me. Can you fix that for me? Ron might be able to. He never know. We actually have met a whole bunch of those reality show people. We just don't watch them, so half the time right. we don't know. I want to be the best. I want to be the BFF to a real housewife. The that's sad thing. The Put sad it out thing. there to America. Yeah. The, sad, the, sad thing, <laughs> the sad thing about the reality shows are they are not reality. They're rehearsed, they're scripted, and they're phony. Isn't it? Okay. But with people and, playing their same name. But, but, but it, it, they do, it just is trashy, crappy, and garbage because they're all alike. Women screaming at each other, acting undignified, cursing each other, calling each other bitches, cheaters, whores. It's I just can't a wait to be in one. <laughs> well, you know what? Then you're a part, I actually fit, though. You fit in one. Then you're a part of today. That's what I was going to say. Uh, theater is theater. Actors are actors. Actors yes. struggle all of their lives. They learn their craft. They study. They beg for a job. They don't get success. These people are nothing nobodies, and they became successful like yeah, the Kardashians. And they're the people that you Kardashian. Excuse me. Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Sorry, darling. The Kardashians in our country are probably the biggest humiliation that America has besides our president. They have brought to light big asses, 
just terrible porn, uh, porn, <laughs> just terrible stuff that other people have followed. Young people, yes, they do follow these reality shows, but they're not making better people out of themselves. No, you Ye- are right. Years you ago, right. years ago, film had moral. Film taught yeah. you a lesson. Today, it's a free-for-all. We went to the movies last night and saw the most disgusting film I have ever seen in my life. How they produced it and showed it is beyond me. About a bunch of seven and eight-year-old boys. No, Twelve. Twelve-year-old boys saying, fuck you, fuck you, dildos, snorting coke. It was the most horrific film of young people. It's called Good Boys, and it was the number one movie in America. So it's uh, so seen that a goes million to show seen- you the mentality of the new American. They yeah. used Years ago, this would be considered outlawed because it would teach Mm. children the wrong thing. Now, young people will get this in their home and they will play it and they'll think that behaving this way is okay. So I think that we're on a a, a course of of collision because we've lost our our value. So that's my opinion of reality shows. They should be taken off the air and put on quality television. We need yeah, quality. and I think kids don't get to see quality stuff because they're so bombarded with this. I mean, the other thing that I've noticed as well is like in the evening, just bringing it down to the level of the club scene, is that they don't, most kids don't get to see a live act of any kind. So on an occasion when I might be in, be booked into a club where it's a lot of young people, sometimes I'm the first person they've ever seen sing live on stage, literally. And you think, how can that have happened to them? Like, they might have seen a DJ or, you know, spend half the night going out and having a cigarette with their friends in the garden. They don't, that's, that's, the night is them. But to entertain them is, is like, they're, they're some, I mean, they're, they're usually very impressed and really love it. But I, I, that's the only thing I've got to say. You know, we talk about this RuPaul, like, drag race stuff, and I know there's pros and cons, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't really get it at all. I didn't get it at all. I don't Until get it. Until I came to America, and I ended up meeting a couple of them, and then I went to the um, show that Eileen took me to, the big sort of, like, uh, gay pride launch. Suddenly, when I saw them in a live environment, I suddenly appreciated that this is probably young people's only taste of entertainment, real entertainment, okay? So whatever your opinion on it is still better than what we would say low-grade low reality TV. Oh, shit. They're seeing some kind of entertainment. Stop. Sorry. We have to, no, we just have to stop you because we're out of time. It's, the time oh, went really so fast. Guys, always so does. Right it always there. does. So you guys, listen up. Follow Follow Jason Prince on Twitter at Jason Prince DJ. You guys yeah. get download. Wouldn't it be good or stream it? It's a great new song. We're gonna have him back anyway, and they're Anytime. gonna send us a song. Love and you boys. Love you See too. You. Bye, bye Danielle, bye, bye, bye Scotty Jason. J, bye chat bye, bye, room, everybody bye. in the chat room. Thanks <laughs> so much. Jimmy, J, 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 J. Yeah.